You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be edified. The word works. Excelling in financial stewardship. First, I want you to know God is not opposed to Christians or his children having money. He's opposed to Christians allowing money to have them. Covetousness is idolatry, the Bible says. Covetousness is idolatry. All right? The Bible says. So, we need to ensure that we get the right perspective from the Word of God as to what exactly we need to do, all right, to do this right. Now, in um, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Apostle John writing to um, the church, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou, all right, mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So that means that God's will is for us to do well. All right, God's will is for us to do well, and one of the places he wants us to do well is in the area of what? Of our finances. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says what? Let's turn in there. Deuteronomy 8, 18. Let's lay proper background. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. It says what? Can we read one to go? It says... But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee what? Power to get wealth. Power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which is where unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So we can see very clearly here, all right, that the purpose of the power to get wealth was to establish the covenant. While we talk about money and talk about increase, we must never ever forget that we live in a transient world. And in that, the goal of money is not for us to live as though we are going to live forever on this earth. No, we will not live forever on this earth in this form. Praise God. So we must understand that there is a kingdom to establish. There is a purpose and plan of God to implement on the earth. This is why the first mindset every believer must have when it comes to money is kingdom first. Very, very important. If the purpose of wealth is not anchored on the kingdom, the end result is usually covetousness. All right? If the purpose of God or if the purpose of money is not hinged on the kingdom first, the end result is usually vanity. Chasing money for the purpose of amassing wealth alone without the kingdom being your mindset is going to end in auction. The Bible says the love of money is the root of what? All evils. It says they that will be rich. They that will be rich. So that means they that have a will and set the purpose of amassing money for the purpose of being rich alone, it says that what? They pierce themselves through with what? Many sorrows. Many sorrows. So the goal of money, and the goal to have money and increase and prosperity, must never be to just have. It must be for the purpose of establishing what? The kingdom. So we must tie increase and tie financial increase and financial prosperity to the kingdom always we must tie to the kingdom all right and before i begin to um, go deeper in my sermon i must stress it 
always as a believer have a financial stewardship plan to the kingdom where monthly you set something aside. Those things, why do I say monthly? Most of us end monthly, all right? Those in businesses, they end, you know, daily on all. Make sure you have a principle in place that sets money aside for the kingdom. Anything that is habitually done becomes part of you. Anything that is not habitually done is not going to become part of you. Praise God. I said, praise God. So, habitually set money aside because what that does is that apart from it supporting the work of God, it builds it up in your consciousness that this money that I am making, there is a kingdom purpose tied to it. Hallelujah. This money that I'm making, there's a kingdom purpose tied to it. You do not see it as something you are doing to help God. You do not see it as something you are doing to assist the church. You see it as your worship to God. Said, all right, it's me that give it. It's I that give it the power to get wealth that you may establish the covenant. Praise God. That you may establish the covenant. So the purpose of wealth, the wealth God gives is to establish the covenant. Now, material resources have a purpose, and it is to establish the covenant of God on the earth. All right? Spreading the gospel of Jesus requires resources. The Bible makes us understand that when Jesus Christ was on the, on the earth, there were people who ministered to him of their, all right, of their means. All right? So when the Lord, when God became man and went into ministry to seek and save them that were lost, there were people who were funding it. Angels, by the way, let's note, angels did not fund the earthly ministry of Jesus. Angels did not fund the earthly ministry of Jesus. We have evidence of angelic visitation or angelic intervention during the earthly ministry of Jesus in terms of provision three times. When you had the multiplication of five loaves and two fishes to feed 5,000 and the multiplication of seven loaves and what? And four fishes to feed what? 7,000. Then the third time we had the intervention of angels must have been when Jesus sent Peter to go and fish to pay for the taxes. Hallelujah. But we find out that day-to-day -day running of Jesus' ministry, it was funded by men and women who believed in his ministry. All right? Men and women who believed in his ministry funded it because they understood that the purpose of their material resources was to establish the covenant. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Studio audience, you should respond, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, so God expects that we manage resources on the earth well. We can see examples. This from two examples. If you talk about to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 20, we are going to take a look at the parable of the silence. So today's service is going to be very practical. And when the message comes out, I want you to make sure you use it as a reference point. Whenever money comes into your hand, use it as a reference point. One of the challenges I found that many people have is that they do not know how to behave when large amount of money enters their hand. And it's because many of us grew up in homes where they, um, we, we were used to lack. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. We were used to lack and used to money not being enough so that when five million enters, we want to go crazy. Praise God. We almost run mad. And we now begin to splodge and buy things. You know, before you know it, one million is what is left. Hallelujah. <laughs> this message is going to deliver you. Excelling in financial stewardship. 
Now look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25 and verse 14. Look what it says. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now, the word goods here, amen, is the Greek word hupakonta, that is H-U-P-A-R-C-H-O-N-T-A, hupakonta. And it means possessions, money, or wealth. Wealth. That's what it means. That's what it means. Possessions, money, or wealth. He says, and unto one he gave five talents. Now, let me stop there. Many people have looked at talents and begin to think that talent, okay, all right, we now begin to think that talent is, uh, what do you call it now? Talent is, I can sew, I can draw, I can sing. That's not what this is talking about. The word talent here is when you give talent on, and what it means is a weight, all right? It's a weight. So that means when we say kg, this kilogram, 50 kilogram of this, five kilogram, that's actually what it is. It's a measure, you understand? So when he says five talent, he's saying a measure of five, um, five measures of something. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. Now, in Israel, a talent, all right, is um, a talent of gold, for example, all right, is equal to 91 kilograms, all right, of gold today. So when he says he gave this one five talent, it means that he took a measure and measured his money, which is most likely, which was most likely gold, and measured five talents, praise God, and gave it to you understand. Now, if 91 kilograms is one ta talent, five kilograms would be how much? About 450. Five talents would be about what? 450 what? Kilograms of say gold. Is that correct? Is that correct? So that means that's a lot of money. So he gave this one five talents. So that means what he was giving them was actually what? Money. So it was five talents of gold. Then he went to another one and gave what? Two talents. Then he gave to another one what? One talent. Is that what the story says? He now says, all right. Okay, where were we? Matthew what? Matthew 25 and what? Okay. Now, next verse, it says what? Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other what? Five talents. Praise God. All right? Made them other what? Five talents. Then the next verse says what? And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained what? Other what? Two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his lord's what? So that means what? we're talking about is actually what? Money. So that means it was five talents of money that was weighed and given to the first guy, two talents of money that was weighed and given to the second guy, and one talent of money that was weighed and given to what? To God. Now, let me explain. I must clarify that Jesus was not using, Jesus was not using, uh, was not teaching money here. Hallelujah. What Jesus was doing was it was that he was using money, praise God, he was using money to teach something. Are you following? He was using money to teach 
kingdom, right? He was trying to, what he was passing across to them was that, listen, all right, I am going to, uh, the, the master, who is the Messiah, is going to go. And when he is going, he goes, he's going to hand over something to those he leaves behind. But after he goes, hands over something he leaves behind, he will come back again and ask them, what did they do? with what he gave them, you understand? Now, the wealth, in, if we're going to explain this in new creation reality, the wealth Jesus left behind is the Holy Ghost, praise God. And he gave us the Holy Ghost and give things in our several capacity. And he's going to come back again and require of each and every one what we did with the giftings of the Spirit that he left to us. Praise God. That is what the, um, this is saying if we're going to properly interpret it. But there is a lesson in the story itself, which I want us to look at, all right, properly. Now, notice something very, very important. Hallelujah. And it is that, praise God, and it is that um, the guy with five, what did he do with his five? He went into the marketplace and he traded. Is that not it? Then when he traded, he got five more. The one that they gave two went into the marketplace and he traded. And he got two more. Praise God. Then the last one, what did he do? He went and buried his own. <laughs> Which means he kept it somewhere. He didn't do anything with the money. And because he didn't do anything with the money, he didn't get any return on what he was given. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the master comes back and commends the first guy and the second guy, but rebukes what? The third guy. Hallelujah. Now, we may think and say that, but the master gave the third guy one. Amen. But one talent of gold is 91 kilograms of gold. That's a lot of money. That's like saying you came, he gave the first one $10 million, he gave the second one $5 million, he gave the second, third one $2 million. And notice the Bible says he gave them according to their ability. Come on, go back there. It says in verse 15, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his what? So that means that what he gave them was based on what he felt they could handle. Praise God. Now there is a first lesson there. Money is usually not delivered to your hands beyond your capacity to handle it. You will not be able to attract money to yourself higher than your capacity to offer value. Remember what we said last week? Think about it. A master had three servants and determined that one had the value and the skill set to manage five. And another had the value and the skill set to manage two. And another had the ability, the skill set to manage one. He did not give five to the one that could handle one. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. He did not give to five, one, um, the one that had one, all right, five. Why? Because that will be waste. Glory to God. So the truth is this, even as believers and as Christians, I know we are praying for breakthrough. We are praying for this. We are praying for that. The question I want to ask you is this. Your skill set, if we are being honest, what exactly can it command? 
What exactly can it handle? Your knowledge base. What you know. What exactly can it command? Can it command five talents worth of investment? Can it command two talents worth of investment? Can it command one talent worth of investment? If you were you, will you invest five talents in you? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, notice certain things. That the master had this servant for, a, servant for a while. And he must have been watching them. Before the five talents came, there was time. So that means time was going on. And during that time, they were developing themselves. But the difference was the guy that was giving five talents developed himself to the point where he could handle five. Then the guy that was giving two talents developed himself to the point where he could handle only two. The guy that was giving one talent, all right, didn't develop himself much. And it showed in what he did with the one talent that he was given. Praise the Lord. Now, this brings us to the second lesson. The folks who seem to be giving little, hallelujah, all right, sometimes always show in their, um, in their um, results why they were giving little. Because if you look at the attitude of this guy that was given one talent, look at what, what did he say? Let's go back there. Matthew 25. It says in 16, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he had, that had received two, he also gained other two. 18. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. That I said, You gave me five million dollars, I brought five million dollars, so it's now ten million dollars. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou, um, though thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So that means the one who manages money well is going to get what? More. The one who doesn't manage it well will lose that which he has. In, you will see that in, in, in a bit. Now look at what he says. He says, He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over what? Many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Notice the commendation for the five guy and the two guy were the same. Are you seeing that? Even though five is more than two. So, and look at what the one that got one said. He said, Then he came, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee. Thou art an hard man. All right? Reaping where thou hast not sown and guarding where thou hast not strode. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, dear, thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strode. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. That means put it in the bank. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with what? Interest. Usri. So the Lord is talking about increase, growing the thing. Growing it. Money that does not grow will be lost. Hallelujah. Money that does not grow will be lost. The number one approach to money management should be to grow the money, not to spend it. To grow the money, not to spend it. 
Hallelujah. Amen. We will look at it under make, manage, multiply. To grow the money, not to spend it. I found out that the Lord is always plays attention to people who know who do not waste money. Seems as though he will commit more funds to those people. If you remember in the in the story where Jesus multiplied bread and fish in Saint John's Gospel chapter six, we find out that when he multiplied the fish and he served the, the people were served, the Bible says Jesus speaks speak to his disciples and said, "Gather the fragments." That nothing may be what? May be lost. Oh, wow. The person who does it, a, a bread and fish miracle, is concerned about bread and fish not being wasted. That shows you the mindset of the Lord. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. All right? So the, we said the first one was what? The parable of the talent. The second example is five loaves and two fish. John chapter 6, verse 11 to 13, which I just explained. He said, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. Okay? So from the two examples above, we see two important things about money and resources. The first is this. Investment and trading. The goal of investment and trading should be to grow your finances. Grow your finances. Whatever money comes into your hand, whether it's via a job, whether it was a gift, whether it was a grant, whether it was a scholarship, whether it was, a, I don't know, business capital, whatever it is, the goal must be to grow that money. Grow the money. Invest it. Trade it. The goal should be to grow your finances. Hallelujah. Then the second thing we find, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost, is savings. Savings. Keeping funds aside. Keeping funds aside. You see, many people may not realize it, but there is an aspect of financial management that involves the fruit of the Spirit. There's a fruit of the spirit that is called what? Self-control. Remember that? Self-control. There's a fruit of the spirit that is called what? Meekness. There are a lot of expenditures people get into because of pride. Because they want to show off. Hallelujah. But when you are walking in meekness, you will not enter or not make those what? Expenses. There are some people that are driving Range Rover, not because they like that car. They are driving the Range Rover so that they can make a statement to the people in their yard. Are you following what I'm talking about? That is not meekness. That is arrogance. That is pride. Glory to God. I said glory to God. There are some people that are buying Vera Wang wedding dresses. Okay, for their wedding. A wedding that they will just do once. Well, hopefully it's once they do it. Praise God. All right. But they just do once and they are spending 1.2 million naira on the wedding dress. Praise God. You say, ah, you can do it if you can afford it. Well, you, this person cannot afford it. It's a stretch. The person took loan to buy this Vera Wang. That is not meekness. Glory to God. That is not meekness. So savings, keeping funds aside, that nothing be lost. In Genesis chapter 41, 33 to 38, we find out that there were two seasons in Egypt. There was a season, seven years of plenty, and there were seven years of famine. Joseph instructs or counsels the pharaoh of Egypt that in the seven years of plenty, 20% of the revenue should be saved. Shall I show you? Look at it. 
Genesis 41. Savings. Genesis 41. Many people don't realize it. That more money does not solve the problem. If the money habits are the same. More money does not solve the problem if the money habits are the same. More money amplifies the weakness. If you're a spendthrift, more money is going to amplify it. Okay? More money is going to happen. So you will find out that this, I, I was listening to one wise rich man, and he said something. He said, none of his money is going to his children. Now, most parents that say that don't say that because they hate their children. Why they say it is because they studied their children and found out that if they got this money without working, it would destroy them. That's what they found out. They are talking from observation of their children's choices. There is no parent that sees that his child has sense that will not want to give his wealth, you understand, to his child. Praise God. Yeah. You understand? So it's like, look, I'm not going to be one time to this. You're going to make his own, their, their own money. Even if, and if they cannot make their own money, then they will waste my own. Do you understand? That's very smart. Now, see what happens here, Genesis 41:33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out. So, if you look at the context, you can read the first verse. All right. Um, Pharaoh had a dream, and uh, uh, one of his servants, all right, who was uh, the baker. Uh, no, sorry, not the baker, the, um, the butler. All right. Remember that Joseph had interpreted his dream in the prison. Okay, so um, Joseph was brought in, and they were told the dream to Joseph, and Joseph was uh, giving interpretation. Then he now tells the Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. This will be your economic policy, all right, for this year, all right, this, um, um, the first seven years, all right, then this is your economic for, for, for policy for the next seven years. Now look at his age. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part. That is 20% of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the land of Pharaoh, under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep them food in what? In the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine. So the instruction and the counsel of Joseph was, listen, all right, we are going to take up 20% of Pharaoh's land. And we're going to use it to plant, all right, you know, crops. Then all of the goods that we get, we're going to save it. We're going to store it against the seven years of famine. Now, notice that it was not only Pharaoh that enjoyed seven years of plenty. Every other person that was a farmer enjoyed those seven years of plenty. Praise God. But it was only Pharaoh that had the insight that from Joseph that we should not eat everything we should what? Save. Hallelujah. Now, now if you read that, what you are going to find out, that when everybody did not have, when there was lack, the only person that have, you understand, that had uh, food, all right, was Pharaoh. Now, guess what now happened? Now, pay attention, there's wisdom here. The Bible lets us know that they began to buy from Pharaoh. So Pharaoh sets the prices. Hallelujah. So the man who saves, the man who is able to have financial discipline, is going to have a supremacy and an edge over the one that doesn't have financial discipline. Glory to God. Amen. 
Amen. You will have an edge. It will always have an edge. Always have an edge. He says, and he says, all right, I, I, um, I always have an edge. And if you find out later when they went and said, oh, oh, Pharaoh, we don't have money to pay. Then he now says, okay, you don't have money to pay, give me your land. And they said, what use is the land? They gave Pharaoh their land free of charge in exchange for food. So that by the end of the seven years of famine, Pharaoh owned all the land in Egypt. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Come on, are you seeing that? So you find out that because somebody took a decision to save, in the time of plenty, he got richer during the time of famine. So the thing you learn is this. People do not have to get poorer during recession. It is the decisions of people during plenty that will determine who gets richer and poorer during a recession. So the individual behavior and the decisions we take is what determines, hallelujah, where we end up financially. Now, I want you to notice something very important. Joseph did not counsel Pharaoh to say, have mercy on them and give them food for free. Is that what he said? No. There are some of you, someone comes. This person has a job. This person is okay. But this person is publicating spending. Then the person that comes, can, can you just borrow me two million? I will give you quickly. And the person wants to collect two million naira from you. And you give the person two million, you will give me back. Oh, you will give me back. Oh. So now I will do that. I always laugh. Like, this is very stupid. Praise God. So somebody collects two million naira from you. Two million that you could have invested. Two million that you could have put in something that will give returns to you. You, you didn't have anything to do with two million. You are the same thing with that servant. Praise God. That had one talent and buried it. Because when that guy comes with the two million, he's going to give you two million naira back. Is that correct? Is that not what the guy with the one talent wanted to do? Exactly. He gives him back. Thank you. Ah, you are such a lifesaver. What to do? He's still continuing his publication. Why didn't he go to the bank? He knows that if he goes to the bank, the bank, by the time the bank had interest on it, he will reset his brain. So he's looking for wonderful people like you who are right, don't have use for money. Praise God. <laughs> wising up. Look at him and say, wising up. Wise Look at somebody and say, wising up. Wise now, I have not said you should not help people. I'm saying, watch the people that you are helping. Sometimes what you are calling help is not help. Sometimes, what you are calling help is enablement of bad habits. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Is what? Enablement of bad habits. When a full-grown man is always um, 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 living above his means and always coming to you to collect money, and you are giving, you are not helping, you are enabling that bad habit. Hallelujah. person is driving an SUV, but he's borrowing to put fuel inside. The car is above him. Let him sell it if it is home. If, he, if, he borrow, if he's borrowing the car to drive and look like a big boy, let him go and keep, praise God, the car and give it to the owner. And if he wants to borrow next time, he should borrow a Corolla. Praise God. Do not enable bad habits. Are you with me so far? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. Now, very, very important. So we see two things that are important, investment and trading and savings. Financial management is key to wealth and prosperity. And it is founded on three pillars. Making money, managing money, and multiplying money. Making money, managing money, 
and multiplying money. Most of us in Oikia are within the ages of 18 and 45. We are young. We are not old. Which means our greatest asset is our youth. And because we are young, we have the capacity to innovate. We have the capacity to adapt. We have the capacity to unlearn, relearn. Praise God. Amen. We have that capacity. Okay? So, because we have that capacity, we have the capacity to make money. Praise God. So, what do you need? Now, notice I am not focusing on faith for prosperity in this teaching. That's on the focus of this one. I'm not fo focusing on <coughs> the spiritual aspects. All right? I'm focusing on practical things and teachings from the Word of God you can adopt. Are you with me so far? All right, now. Making, what do you need? Relevant industry skills and knowledge. A lot of people complain that there are no jobs. There are no jobs. There are no jobs. That is not true. There are jobs. There are jobs. The problem is this. There are no jobs that meet the kind of skill that you, you have. Because if you check a lot of people that are looking for a job, and you check their skill level, most of them are at the entry level or moderate level skill level. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Entry level, moderate level skill level. I'm not talking about certificate. Though. You know most of the certificates we have and we produce in this Nigeria, amen, they are not what the paper they are on. Certificate where you forge attendance register. Where you didn't go to class, but your name is on the attendance. Certificate where you were allowed to copy someone by your side. Where we, we tell you, oh, you are an electrical engineer. Wonderful. Oh, you have put together this uh, radio set. Ah, I don't know how to do it. I, I, I know we read it in school, but I, I don't really know. You understand? So he can tell you about it if he memorizes and cramps the section of the textbook. But if you told him to produce something with it, he can't. That's not a skill. Are you, are you, you understand? Nobody wants to employ you for certificate. They want to employ you for what you can produce. So, relevant industry skill and knowledge. On our various career groups, I can see they are dropping hot, hot job needs. You see it there. Data scientists needed. This one we see. You, know, you are seeing it there. In the financial sector, in the technology sector, in the tech sector, you are seeing all of those placements, those available jobs there. But you can also see the relevant skill. That some of those skills are not low-level skills. They are high-level skills. Relevant skill and knowledge. So what do you do? Go for the knowledge you need to get. Go for it. Go for the knowledge you need to get. Go for the proper trainings and certifications. If somebody wants to borrow for training and certification and shows hunger, that is the right person you can help. That's help. No, I'm not talking of the ones that have 15 courses. They've started, they didn't finish you. See, you know, that's what you understand. Or the person that started school but stopped, he says he's not interested. You understand? Always starting and stopping. Starting and stopping. That's not a person. That's not a serious person. You're talking about a hungry person that sees, sees it through. Relevant industry skill and knowledge. 
Praise God. I said, praise God. I'm not talking the guy that is saying, um, yesterday he says he wants to be a footballer. Today he wants to rap. You understand? Tomorrow he wants to be genuine. The next tomorrow he feels he's an actor. No, 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 no. I'm not going to that changing the goalposts. Relevant skills and knowledge. You get the above by proper trainings and certifications. Now, in developing nations like Nigeria, you have to do or have the following skills in addition to the above. All right? Look, in our young, in the young phase, we need to develop grit and character. Where you go, look, whatever I need to do to be the best at what I do, I will do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let that passion, that fire, that work ethic show in the pursuit of being the best. It must show. Let it be that people that observe you catch it that this guy is always on the move. You understand? This lady is always chasing being a better person at the road they do. Let it be obvious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Docility is easy to see. Versatility is easy to see. Passion is easy to see. You can see it. You, you, don't, you don't have to start telling people. Mm -mm. When you have it, you have that, you know, it's easy to see. Hallelujah. So relevant industry skill and knowledge. Relevant, notice what I said. Relevant industry skill and knowledge. So that means you, you identify the industry, then you identify the skill and knowledge you need to work in that industry. Someone says, I say, oh, I, want, I love what I do. You don't need to love what you do. Amen. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's good if you love it, but you don't need to love it. Discipline is not about loving what you do. Praise God. Discipline is about doing what you need to do. Hallelujah. I don't love waking up early in the morning, praise God, to prepare for work. I have to wake up in the morning to prepare for work. Hallelujah. I don't love coming late. Oh my, I mean, coming home by 9 o'clock after leaving in the morning, then sleeping, you know, late and waking up early. I don't love it. I don't, it's not a hobby. I don't say I love doing it. No, I have to do it. That is discipline. When I hear people saying, oh, the work was taking too much of my time, it was so difficult, it was so stressful, I had to quit. I was like, look at you. Look at you. Wow, look at you, look at you. You are going to change the world, you, this non-stressing, stress-loving you. I mean, come on. I mean, we should just go out the red carpet and just give you $5 million for a stress-free, stress-free life. You have to have grit. Praise God. You say, the system is tough, I'm, I'm tougher. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Thank God for love. Young people, hard-working young people. Some people always try to say, oh, the Gen Zs, they don't work hard. And I don't know. Any, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, so, young people that work hard. That should be you. And apply that tenacity. Skill up. Get the necessary knowledge you can. I mean, go through every single means, you know. 
There are some courses you can get for 5K, some for 2K, from 3K. Be buying it like that. Hallelujah. Be buying it. And it's usually when you buy it, it gives you access for it. For, you cannot, they won't lock you out. So you can always go there and do a recall. You understand? Keep building, 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 building. And by the time you're going to get to a point, you'll find out that when you are talking at an interview or talking at work, you are talking from a place of knowledge and know-how. Hallelujah. Not a place of guessing. So I say in developing nation of Nigeria, you have to do or have the following skills in addition to the above. Sales. Know how to sell. Know how to sell. Don't say, ah, no, I, I'm an HR person, no. And, <laughs> I, I, oh, no, I'm admin, no. Uh, no, I am a, I'm, I'm a tech. I'm just tech. Hallelujah. Develop other things that you can do. Stop hiding. Praise God. Stop hiding. Sales, presentation, and relationship management. Managing people well. Relating with people well. This is where a walk in the spirit is necessary. This is where emotional intelligence is necessary. You will learn that you cannot talk to people anyhow. You cannot talk your mind. <laughs> Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot say what is on your mind. If what is on your mind is going to cause you to lose the person that is standing in front of you. Hallelujah. I, I tell you, there is no better platform to master the fruit of the Spirit than in the marketplace, than in the workplace. Where somebody can look at you and abuse you and say things and abuse your father, your mother, your children, you understand? And you must not lose your cool. Oh, I remember one time like this. One man made my life a living hell. That was the first and only time I lost my cool. Oh my God, I lost it. The man came at me physically. Do you understand? What came at me physically? And I, and I just, I said, sir, if, you, if that hand hits me, <laughs> if that hand hits me, all right? But I learned later on that I should not have lost my cool. In my mind, I didn't do anything wrong. I went over and above for this man, yet in the end, he turned it in my face. But you see, emotional intelligence, people management. You understand? Now, if after getting all these skills, relevant skills and information in the industry, hallelujah, all right, sales, presentation, relationship management, if you get all these skills and you still cannot land a job, ah, my brother, you are going to create a job. Listen to me. Every skill that is relevant to an industry, you can build a business around it for that industry. Every skill that is relevant to an industry, you can build a business around. There's a difference with, between the skill and the business. Oh, you have HR knowledge, you are skilled in HR, you have HR for business knowledge of 10, 15 years, Ah, congratulations. You can build a business around that. Where you begin to handle recruiting as a contract or ad hoc agency for organizations. Or you can do financial modeling, financial accounting and all. Why don't you package a business around that skill and begin to go for small businesses who do not have, all right, who don't have what uh, accounting books. They don't have management accounts. Their ledgers are all over the place, and it is not in order. Market your skills to them and charge them to what? To do their books. Hallelujah. 
Charge them to do your books. You can even do a retainer for them. All right, I'm going to put your books in order for you every single month for this fee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are some people that have all the data, generating data in their place of, in their place of business, but they do not have a coherent report to say, this is what my business data is telling me. You go and do data science, and you go to them and offer that service to them for a fee. You build a business around the relevant skill and knowledge that you get to the industry. Praise God. If you do that for a while, you are going to build a reputation. Because the moment, the more you advertise it and all, recruiters are going to pick up on it. Such so that when you get an interview and you are talking, it will show that you have been dealing and intermeddling all right, with businesses. There will be a distinction in how you talk, in what you say, and how you say it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Uh-huh. So build around a business around the business around the skill you have. Number two, managing money. Everybody say managing money. So in this one, this part we are going to focus, is this helping anybody? I said, is this helping anybody? So now in this one, we are going to focus on how to spend. Hallelujah. How to spend. <laughs> Glory to God. How to spend. Now, under how to spend, all right, listen. When money comes into your hand, you need to apportion it. There's a percentage to save. There's a percentage to give to support the work of the ministry. All right, remember the purpose of wealth is to establish what? The covenant. All right, the percentage to give towards ministry and things of in the gospel and things like that. Percentage to give towards dad, mom, all those kind of stuff. Then there's a percentage to live on where you put your operating expenses on. All right, then there's a percentage to invest. Now you may say, Pastor, I don't earn that much. I don't earn that much. So all these ones you are saying, how do I do it? Listen to me. If you do not earn that much and your resources or your salary is so, so small, let me tell you what you need to do. It means you need to spend a lot of your investment on personal development. That means a significant portion of that salary needs to go into getting you skilled up such that, all right, what you are able to command in the market goes up. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what you need to do. Amen. All right? Now, so it could be you go for an MBA or do I, 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 I give you an advice. MBAs, all those extra degrees are good. But they don't guarantee anything in the marketplace. What guarantees things in the marketplace is two, there are two things. What you can do, skill and experience. MBA guarantees nothing. Experience says that what we are asking you to do, you've done it before. So we can get guaranteed what? Results. Hallelujah. So if your salary is little and small, what you need to do? Take a, a, a portion of that income and for like six months or four months or five months, begin to what? Pay for trainings. Pay to acquire relevant skills. You will pay. Pay for it. Pay for it. Pay. Most of us are in the learning cycle of our development. You learn before you earn. So pay for it. Hallelujah. You pay for it. 
Amen? Right now, the course I am taking right now is on um, financial modeling and building P&L and SOFP statements from scratch using Excel. Doing the index matching, all right, the, uh, you know, using all the formulas and all, some ifs to get all the, you know, statements together from different data um, sheets on subledgers. That's what I'm currently studying right now. Praise God. So you get the skills. Praise God. So what to save? Put a percentage to it. What to live on? Check your expenses. There are certain things you don't need. There are certain things you need. You are the things you need. And if you earn quite a bit, there are certain things that fall into the wants category that you can afford. It's okay if you enjoy your life. But always have a principle where you save some, you give. Giving is important. Very, very important. Because what giving does, but I'm not focusing on that. What giving does is that giving enlarges your heart's capacity to believe for more. That's what giving does. And if you are here and you have gotten to that point, you are falling into that trap where you don't give regularly, you have made a mistake. You have made a mistake. Don't ever fall into those mistakes. You don't fall into it. There's something giving does to your heart. It keeps it tender to believe God for supply. Hallelujah. So what to save, what to live on, then what to invest. Listen, when it comes to investment, never invest. How will I put this? Never invest all your revenue, all your income. It's not smart. Have a principle. Okay, I invest only 20% of what I have, of what comes in. So if there's any investment that comes in, you go to what is in my investment fund. Are you following? How much of it will I take to invest? That's what you do. Praise God. So if anything happens, it's investment. And again, when it comes to investment, you need to properly divide your investment, um, investment uh, opportunities into classes. There are high-risk investments, low-risk investments, medium risk investments. Praise God. Amen. Jesus Christ said that what, ma what manner of man is it that when he's going into the battle does not immediately consider whether with 5,000 men he will be able to what? Deal with someone with what? 10,000. What is that? What is he talking about? That is talking about risk management. That means I must scale the and see, can I do this with this? So if he says, ah, I can't beat him all, I will sue for terms of what? Of peace. There are many life lessons in what Jesus said. You just have to look read deeper. You see it there. Wisdom. So look at it. So for example now, praise God. I want to make this as practical as possible. You want to invest. Then there are investments that guarantees you know you are not losing your capital. You will not lose it. But it's low risk. The return is small. Hallelujah. So do you know what me I do? Most of my money goes into that place. Low risk. So my money, most of my investment, for my investment, it will go into that low risk one. Because I don't like losing money. Hallelujah. Then I now come to the one that is medium risk. I look at it. I put something there. Praise God. 
So I've told you many times I'm a crypto, I invest in crypto. But let me tell you that I don't, my money in crypto, I've pegged it. I'm not going to add any money to what I've said. This one, it's better grow. It's, it, the millions I'll get, it should just come from here. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not left like that. Yes. Praise God. And for all of you that are interested, I can talk to you separately on that. I think on the career groups, I'll put some things there that would, you know, guide you. So that you can understand and the other kinds of investments. You know, I know Isioma does one other one now. And <laughs> but you know, so medium and high risk, so you dimension it. You understand? As regards investments. So what to invest, then what to give. You understand? Okay? So multiplying money. Basically, we've talked about it. Then again, one of the low-risk investments you can do is to buy real estate as much as possible. As quickly as possible, it is good to buy land. I think I have one land somebody gifted me. I don't know where that land is. I've not gone there. I just have a certificate. And I was going to ask that brother whether that land is actually real. <laughs> Praise God. But it's good to buy real estate. Buy a piece of land. But also make sure that the land is legit and all. Do your lawyers. Get lawyers and all that. But make sure you have things that you're doing with money. Okay that ensures it grows. Praise God. That ensures it grows. The biggest mistakes men make about money, they make when they are, when they are young. The biggest mistakes. Go and reach, meet and discuss with any rich man. He will tell you, especially the ones that made money while they were young, they will tell you, I wish I knew now, knew then what I know now. That if I did, I would not have made so many mistakes. So this is me in your future telling you now. Hallelujah. This is not the time to splurge. This is not the time to use phones that are 95% of your one-month salary. I see some folks. Some folks. I, 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 I mean, I'm just looking at the person's um, phone. I saw one person's phone one time. The iPhone just came out. One iPhone 11 or 12, or one of these 11, 12, 13. And the person had already bought it. I said, how much is that? I said, 350K. How much is the phone? 650. So you used close to two times of your monthly salary to buy a phone. Now, that's not a bad thing if, for example, you have investments. You have no investments. No savings, no emergency fund, yet you are using a phone that is two times your salary. You are not doing any courses to scale your skill up. Hallelujah. Nothing like that. Well, now you have got that phone and you are standing in front of a mirror, waving the three-eyed ravens, letting us know that you are using an iPhone. Then you now come and be speaking in tongues that God of increase to visit you. What is the name of the NS, SVPD, next level, prayer, something, something. What God cannot do does not exist. There is one thing God cannot do. is that he will not prosper a fool. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Because even if money comes in the hand of a fool, he will lose it. Praise God. Financial prosperity is tied to the capacity of people to what? Keep money. 
not their capacity to spend it. The capacity to what? To keep it. To multiply it. To retain it. There's an aspect of the balance sheet in accounting that is called retained earnings. Retained. The earnings retained. How much did you keep? How much did you keep? Well, I'm not one of the, I'm not one of the pastors that will tell you that all your prosperity is going to come by sowing seeds. The richest man in the Bible was the wisest, apart from Jesus, Solomon. That means there is a connection between what? Wisdom and riches. <laughs> Praise God. There's a connection between wisdom and riches. So you make it, make money. You manage it. How you manage money at one level is what will qualify you for the next one. How you manage money at one level will qualify you for the next. I'm telling you. How you manage it at one level qualifies you for the next. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So let me last and close with this. So remember, manage money, you save some. Amen. Under your savings, you should have emergency funds. Money for emergencies. That is, if you're a married man, you should have that. Things you didn't plan for. Something just comes up. For example, I'll give an example. All right? I have my investment um, portfolio. I have my low-risk portfolio. I have my high-risk portfolio. I have my emergency portfolio. Where I have all that. Praise God. So, for example, this week, my, you know, my wife, you know, we had a, one of our gens, one, uh, we had one gen, and because it has not been light, light has been terrible, so the inverter has not really been, you know, so we've been, we were using gens a lot. So the gen was misbehaving, all right? We'll call someone to fix it, then it will stop again. Then we'll call someone to fix it. And, and so we had nights where we were sleeping without electricity, and it was hot, and my wife was not comfortable. Praise God. So... Um, I, I had to get a gem. And what's the issue? But while we're discussing the issue, I just went and bought a, an extra gem. That was from my emergency fund. Do you understand? So, a soft life is a well-planned life. A soft life. You want a soft life. Everything should be soft. It's a well-planned life. If you don't plan, your road will be hard. <laughs> Amen. The way of fools is hard. Hard. The road hard gone. Hallelujah. It's hard. So plan. So you're, you're, you're not ending well. Increase your offering. That means your value, proposition, all right? Your knowledge base and skill. Go and look at it. Some of you need to leave your current career path. That, your current career path, you need to leave it. I left my, current, my career path. You know I was a doctor now. Clinical person. I had to leave it. I'm pivoted. I'm still serving the medical community. But it is harder because I had to now go and learn something Different from what I learned and practiced for over 16 years. Amen. 
So listen, this thing is about, are you hungry enough for this thing? Amen? Are you hungry enough? Most people that travel abroad, they are forced by force to do this thing I'm telling you. That's why you find that when they get abroad, they, they don't go to church much. They are usually um, doing once a second master's, and you know the, the master's over there is real master's. It's not the one we do here, where somebody is copying notes for you. And you, you will not show up to class. Then you just appear on exam day. When I was in Master University of Lagos, there was a guy that I used to, he was my disciple in Redeemed Christian Church of God. When I was you know, a teenager, you know, and all. So now I can ask, ah, you are writing this exam? Ah, yes, so. Where are you based? I'm in Akure. I said, eh, I've not seen you around. Eh, I wasn't coming. Eh, they were just writing my name. But doing the exam, I had to take time off work to come and write the exam. So somebody came to write exam that he never attended classes for, and he will finish and get a master's. That is the quality of the education we have here. So you need to take the bull by the horn because nobody is going to reward you for knowing nothing. Are you following what I'm saying? So that's why you need to now prove that you know what your certificate said you know by taking responsibility. Praise God. I'll end with this. The higher you go in business, the higher you go in the corporate world, the less mistakes are tolerated. That is why you need to work hard to eliminate your mistakes. You have to work hard to eliminate your mistakes. The more you eliminate your mistakes, the more valuable you are. So that means you must master that skill to the point where mistakes are a rarity for you. I'm still on my way there. Because I pivoted. But I'm not where I used to be. Mistakes are a rarity. So you must work daily on this thing. You can't just be, you understand? Every day is a gift from God to you. To become better than yesterday. You must work daily at this thing. Work daily. Constantly improve. Constantly get better. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Have you learned anything today? All right. Now, those of you online, if you've learned something, can you just do me a favor? Can you go on Twitter, everybody online, and just drop a line or two or do a thread of what you have learned and use the hashtag. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash God has blessed you.